if you've got a really enthusiastic marketing team, which hopefully you all do, and they all have a thousand and one ideas, kind of just let them loose. You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this e-commerce marketing focused show. If you're not familiar with our format, well, each month we focus on a different marketing method like email or SEO or Facebook ads. And each week I interview a different expert to explore the latest advice on making it work for you. This month we're all about storytelling. So not a specific marketing method, more a method of method of marketing, not a marketing method, but it is a method of marketing. Chloe, what are you talking about? What I'm trying to say is storytelling isn't really a method in itself. It's a concept. It's a way of improving your messaging. It's a way of improving all your marketing. It's a concept, I guess, or a strategy. And we're talking about that all this month. In the last episode, we got into storytelling across the customer journey, including how it fits with branding and culture and your comms. And in our first episode, we explored how it works in a full funnel customer acquisition strategy. So in this episode, we're going to dive into the trickiest part of that full funnel customer acquisition strategy, how you create the ultimate top of funnel story ad to bring in the right customers. That's what we're exploring in today's episode. And we will be looking at Lots of tips around video production, tips around what to say, how to do it, how to target it, a whole load of stuff, brilliant stuff and advice coming up. Make sure you also listen right to the end of the episode because my guest is sharing some brilliant quick fire insider tips for you, including multiple book and resource recommendations to help you do all this well. And I'll be sharing my take on it all and outlining some more free ways we can help you to improve your storytelling even more. So make sure you stay tuned right to the end. In this episode, I'm chatting with storytelling expert Danielle Gips. Danielle is one of the team at customer acquisition agency Revenue Growth Agency, where they are committed to growing ambitious luxury e-commerce brands through a tried and tested revenue growth framework, where storytelling is absolutely key. Hello, Danielle. Hello, Chloe. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. How did you end up in the world of storytelling? It's a bit of a strange one, actually. I don't have a stereotypical background in marketing. I actually started as a performer. So I have a degree in performing arts. I spent some time and still do as an actor um, and a writer, creative writing mainly, and kind of screenplay, script writing. And then fell into marketing and advertising almost off the back of that. The two have so many in in common with regards to creating emotional connections with audiences. And as an actor, I'm used to putting myself in other people's shoes. So I think that really helped. And then I started from the bottom at an agency in marketing and just grew from there, learning as much as I could, and then ultimately found a passion in in brand building and storytelling and I'm really pleased that that's what I get to do now. I think it's one of those interesting things you when you hear actor turned e-commerce marketer you kind of go what and then the more you actually think about it you go oh no actually that's probably perfect because we're increasingly moving into this space where it's not about going here's my widget buy it it's about going here's the story of my business the story of my widget and putting a lot more 
story, I suppose. We are here to talk about story into this to get it to work. So I can totally see why it works together. And you're still doing both. So do you find they help each other or is it a purely one-way street from the acting and the creative writing into the e-commerce space? I do think they feed into one another. I would say the acting helps more with the marketing than the marketing helps with the acting. But it's always about seeing things from a different perspective, regardless of of which hat I have on at the time. You're constantly improving those skills. And I think that's kind of invaluable. And, And you're right, it seems a really odd marriage, but it actually really helps when you're looking at audience research and and kind of what your audience wants that's what we do as actors all the time is always what is my character wanting at this moment in time and there's definitely parallels that are really useful and so yeah both help each other I love that summary putting yourself in other people's shoes it's such a critical skill I think for anyone in business quite frankly let alone just us marketers so Danielle we're here to talk about the top of the funnel advert a couple of episodes ago Andy from your agency did a phenomenal rundown of how we bring storytelling into the whole acquisition framework but you're going to help us deal with what I reckon is probably the hardest part is getting that top of funnel piece right and it's hard for so many reasons but let's not dwell on the hard let's dwell on the the how we make it brilliant so where do we start with all of this Danielle? There are two things that you need to know inside out to make a really strong presence in the upper funnel. One we've already mentioned, and that's knowing your audience and your audience wants and needs and who they are as people. And the other is knowing your business really, really well and how your business caters to those wants and needs. And the two go together. And it's almost going back to kind of marketing 101. Like the first things that you learn in marketing is you're solving a problem for a person And you shouldn't be talking about your product. You should be talking about how your product helps that person or improves their lives. And that's the same whether you're working at the top of the funnel or the bottom of the funnel. The silver bullet, I think, with looking at upper funnel activity is that it's an introducer. And a lot of people that will be seeing those ads might have never heard of your brand or your product before. So you need to make a really strong impression in order for them to take an interest at that point. And knowing your audience really well, and like I say, knowing what they want or what they're looking for, can really make or break whether or not you make that very good first impression right at the top of the funnel and will affect whether they fall down the rest of your funnel and they get to see all the other creative that you've worked really hard in compiling and those really strong kind of performance marketing ads that you have sat at the bottom of your funnel if you don't have anyone interested at the top they're never going to get to the bottom knowing that and knowing all about your audience and then how your business can please them or solve something from them and doing it in a fun and exciting or bold way is is really how you get those really good top of funnel ads that that help you sustainably grow over time it's kind of like one of those three-legged stool scenarios you know that business analogy of you've got to do various things to make it work and if you make one too strong then the stool falls over and and vice versa and for me it's about kind of getting that mix of the right message so as you were saying it's got you've got it's got to reflect the audience it's got to reflect reflect the business but it's also got to be fun and entertaining so they actually watch it 
when they've got all this other stuff being bombarded at them. And then thirdly, it's got to attract the right people. Because I'm sure you've seen you've seen these these ads that are top of funnel that are really exciting and interesting, but they appeal to all the wrong people. <laughs> Tricky, isn't it? Yeah, I always use the analogy, if you've seen me speak on anything before, I've used this a million times. Your upper funnel ad is like a party invite. It needs to have all of the practical information on there about where your party is and what time and all of that kind of thing. But it needs to look really good and it needs to like entice you to go to the party. And it that invitation needs to be sent to the right people. So if you're going to send your invitation out to hundreds and thousands of people, you'll end up with a load of people at your party that you don't want. <laughs> and if you don't have the right information on there, no one will show up. And if your invitation has the information on it, but it doesn't look very nice, people won't read it. And then they also won't show up. All of the other part of your marketing funnel, so everything from the middle down, is what happens when the person knocks on your front door and arrives at your party. So, you know, that can be UGC content, social proof, who else is at that party? Who are you meeting there? What's the music like? What's the food like? You know, what's the atmosphere and the vibe? And that can be your organic content or any of your other paid advertising. And then ultimately what you want at the end of that is for those people who have attended your party to invite all of their mates next time you have one. And that's kind of the analogy that I tend to use in terms of how powerful that upper funnel is in fueling the rest of your strategy. I love that as an analogy. So much better than my stool piece. Um, That's absolutely brilliant. Okay, so quick techie question, and then we'll come back to how we create the right story. You said about who the invitation's sent to. And if we're, for example, if we're on a platform or any of the ad platforms, really, where we have the targeting option that does some level of control over who sees it. But we've also got the what we put in the ad to help the algorithm realize who's responding to the ad and kind of the algorithmic targeting part of it that we don't have quite so much control over. Which of those two parts has the most is the most important to get right when it comes to that invitation piece is it getting really nitty-gritty with the targeting that you're setting or is it more about making sure that the content is going to appeal to the right people and then the algorithm is going to know who to show it to or have I gone completely philosophical (laughs) no I think it's the typical marketing answer of it depends slash it's a bit of both. (laughs) So that algorithms are phenomenal at being able to pick out those people who they know are going to be highly engaged or highly likely to convert. If you have first party data and an abundance of it, whether you've you know, got a a huge email database or whether you're using server-side tracking to collect that, it doesn't really matter. And if you're using that to then fuel those algorithms, even better because they're going to be mapping like the algorithm will be mapping who your kind of ideal customer is or people who have already converted and finding people that are similar to those so that's kind of one way where you can narrow down that massive pool of algorithm people that are floating about on the internet or you can spray and pray so to speak and kind of release control of your targeting but use your content to be able to find people that are interested like we've been told that attention spans are getting shorter and that people have less attention and we're all turning into goldfish I don't actually think that's the case it's not that our attention spans are shorter because if we want to watch something we'll watch something it's that users know what they want to watch and they'll make a very quick decision about whether or not they want to watch it 
So if you were if you wanted to use your content as a targeting parameter, just make sure that you're kind of unqualifying those eyeballs really early on. Platforms like YouTube, sometimes you don't even get charged if people don't watch more than five seconds of your ad. So if you wanted to go down that route, use those first five seconds to kind of disqualify people who aren't interested in your product. Um, so there's a couple of different ways that you can go down that route. I think for the upper funnel, try not to go too nitty gritty and like down into the depths of demographic targeting because then your pool will be smaller and you'll have to keep less people engaged over a longer period of time. So, you know, I think you can be a little bit more free with targeting, but the algorithms do do a great job if they're fueled by enough data, enough of your own data, I think. Yeah, I think it's important to remember we're talking top of funnel, not someone who's seen your brand 20 times and wants to buy this is this is hello we exist territory isn't it that initial both disqualifier and attraction can sometimes be really important for a brand especially if you're a higher price point to get people in or out yeah and I think we a lot of our well, all of our clients are, are luxury clients they have a premium priced product we don't want to waste their budget serving ads to people that we know aren't going to be able to afford their products later down the line so making sure that quite quickly we can establish in the upper funnel that it's a luxury product the better because then we're not wasting any budget or actually just wasting people's time later down the line showing them a product that they're never going to buy as much as they might want to they just don't have the means to um, and there are certain ways that you can do that when it comes to the creative that you're making to make it a little more obvious that it's a premium product yeah just to be clear guys we are not saying put this is really expensive don't watch at the beginning of the video we're creating the atmosphere and the targeting you know so if you were selling pet food for example and you're selling a dog food specifically dog food you put a dog fairly early in the video it's that kind of slightly subtle but not that subtle techniques I guess yeah I would say in general and this it, whether you're a luxury brand or not and you're working in the upper funnel don't make any reference to price and that might be a bold statement to make, but I always use DFS as an example of people consistently associating your brand with price or with sales or with promotions. Like DFS had a sale for about 10 years, I think. They just couldn't get out of the cycle of constantly having to have a sale in order for people to buy their sofas. And also at that top of funnel, you don't necessarily want people to be focused on how much your product costs because ultimately it's about value and the value that your product is bringing. And when I say value, I don't mean like Tesco value. I mean, people will spend more if they think it's going to be worth it. So you need to explain to them, and again, coming full circle, what problem your product is solving and why your product is priced at that price. You know, hopefully if your ads are engaging enough, people will check out your website and they can see the price there. There's no need to have it plastered on all of your social ads right at the top of the funnel anyway. Cool. Now, I feel like we're subtly talking video. <laughs> yeah. Should we be talking video? Is video the number one way to create a successful top event funnel ad? Can we do it with graphic? Can we do it with text? What's your take? I will always be a champion for video because of my background and who I am as a person. I consume a lot of video. So my tendency would be to go down that route. I think moving image, whether that's video, animation, motion graphics, can capture attention far more effectively than a static image or a photograph. You can 100% make a photograph emotional. I think it just doesn't quite 
resonate as well with as large a population. Not everyone's into photography and they'll see a photo and they'll go, oh, that looks nice, but that'll be about it. So I would say any anything that's got any kind of movement to it, 100% works better at the top of funnel. And then if you're thinking about search, Google Ads specifically, I don't think plain search ads are necessarily the most effective. I would say run Pmax with a wealth of assets, so including video and static and kind of your your regular search campaigns. Um, and again, let the algorithm serve what it thinks it needs to be served along with like your shopping ads and, and all of that stuff. If you wanted to kind of bolster that with a display or video campaign because you want more control over your YouTube advertising, for instance, then I think that that can work really well. But yes, video, I think, is key. And it's not as expensive as people think it is. There are really cost-effective ways of creating really great video. So I don't think that the cost should be a roadblock when it comes to creating video. We are going to get into that in a moment or two. I just want to want to back up what you've been saying there, really, that I think video is such a gift for creating this top of funnel to do all those things you've already outlined it needs to do. Plus, if we look at the the best platforms for doing top of funnel activity, video is the no-brainer choice to go to. YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, TV, if you've got the budget to do that, it's an absolute no-brainer to go with the video, not least because you can get, in most scenarios, you can capture an audience of people who've watched it. You don't need them to do anything. You just need them to be engaged by the content and you can create an audience which helps you out further down the funnel. Uh, we may get into that side of it a bit later, but I want to dive into what you were just saying about, e uh, sorry, not email, video is not as expensive as we might think it is. So give us some tips around making this video creation process cost effective because we are going to talk about how we optimize it because the first video is probably not the perfect video. So we want it to be low cost so we can optimize. So how do we go about making this a cost effective project, not a 10 grand Hollywood production? Not that you could do Hollywood for 10 grand, but you know what I mean. Oh, I wish you could. I'd get hired as an actor more. <laughs> there are a couple of different ways that you can do it. I would say if you own a mobile phone with a camera, then you're already halfway there. Phone cameras are kind of off the charts these days the quality like i have an iphone it can record in 4k which you don't actually need to make a facebook ad <laughs> they're almost kind of geared up for you to be able to film films on them now so that should definitely not be a barrier and we also see for most brands they're already running photo shoots and e-com photo shoots for their website they need to have photographs of their products so I would say the easiest way that you can create really nice video content is put a phone in somebody's hand who's on that shoot that day and get them to film behind the scenes of the photo shoot taking place. So if you're selling winter jackets and you're on a ski slope or you're in a really nice city and it's all snowy and frosty and you've got this lovely setting, get some behind the scenes of like the models getting their makeup done or people getting changed and then get some photos of the photographer get some video sorry of the photographer doing the shoot and that can be a really engaging way of getting low cost footage and like I always say be really bold be really creative you know go wild with a phone capture as much content as you can because then in the edit you can go in and you can take a look at what's worked and what hasn't and you can piece things together and you can add 
add really exciting music or relaxing music you can color grade and you can make things look more expensive than oh you know Sarah just filmed that on set when we had our e-com shoot so you're almost kind of killing two birds with one stone so I would say that's kind of really entry level if you wanted to spend a little bit more money I would advise getting a videographer and kind of storyboarding something out you know hire them for the day and then if you can edit in-house great if you can't see if they also will handle the edit for you get them to film what I would call kind of a standard framing so that kind of 69 tv ad framing but make sure that it's croppable into vertical and that can be done just by making sure that you know you can see everything that you need to see within that kind of vertical frame because then that if maybe you get a minute of edited video you can then crop that down into various snapshots in vertical that can then go on reels and on tiktok and on youtube shorts you can you can move scenes around so if you captured lots of different snips you know what works best as the hook what works best in the middle you can change all of the order of the different scenes around you can change the music do loads of testing so that's if you want to spend kind of a little bit more money my main piece of advice really would just be to get your hands dirty and just to try. If you've got a really enthusiastic marketing team, which hopefully you all do, and they all have a thousand and one ideas, kind of just let them loose. If someone's got a really good idea for a campaign and all they need to do is get like one model, just steal one of your employees that would be up for getting in front of a camera and just film something and see whether it works or not. It can be as homemade as you need it to be and the edit can make it look less homemade you know a lot of editing software now has image stabilization so it will cut all the shakiness out or you can buy a gimbal off amazon for 25 quid that will stop your phone from shaking you know you can color grade and you can learn how to color grade really easily on youtube adobe do really great training courses on how to color grade or edit video and that's all free so you know if you have somebody in your team that's really interested in that side of things just let them try it and you know put a little bit of budget behind them see if it resonates or not and then you can just keep on iterating from there you mentioned as well and I have to plug this because it's one of my favorite tricks if you're interested in tv advertising and you think that the entry point for tv is really really high it's not have a look at sky ad smart sky ad smart runs like a digital channel targeting is like a digital channel but you get tv exposure across sky tv boxes last time i checked it was like three grand minimum spend per campaign and those campaigns can be as short as a week or as long as like a month or six weeks depending on what you want that lay down to look like so if you're serious about upper funnel and about storytelling and you've exhausted all of your other digital options i would say really look into whether or not ad smart might be a, a good channel for you because it's not as expensive as you think love the fact you brought that up it is mind-blowing what is possible with that now just mind-blowing before we go off on a tv tangent daniel loving all those bits you said and about how we optimize it and about how we can just we just need to start and try it out really and go crazy and if you've got that super interested person do it and then look at how you can build those videos up and test and test and test is there anything we've missed before we go into the insider tips that people need to know about talking about testing is an interesting thing because a lot of people will test and they'll test two wildly different things and they'll be like let's see whether this video of 
you know, in the summer resonates better than this video that's filmed in a city in the winter. And that's great. And I think that's a good, good starting point. But what some brands I think forget is that actually you should continue to test even once you've made that decision. So if, for instance, the summer ad wins and the engagement rate and the click-through rate is far higher, then take a look at that ad singularly as itself and say, okay, well, at the very beginning, we've got a really close-up shot of the product. What happens if we take that scene and we move it into the middle and actually the first scene we have is of the landscape and it's like a big beach with a sunset and we'll we'll move that at the beginning and actually we'll test those two iterations and we'll see which one works the best you might find that the sunset captures their attention more than an image of the product because they don't know your brand so the image of your product they don't really care about that much and you can carry on doing that until you've almost got the perfect video and, you know, you don't actually need an awful lot of spend behind it, especially if you're using Meta. Um, I think that's like a good platform for you to test on, see which one's the best, and then just keep dialing down until you think, right, we genuinely can't make any more changes. Like, we think we've we've got it nailed. And then you can take that ad that you know works. And if you wanted to invest in AdSmart, for instance, you know then that that's the best iteration that you have that you can then put in front of tens of thousands of eyeballs. Um, rather than going, oh, well, we're not quite sure whether that's going to work on TV or not. So we, we're not sure. Having a really robust testing strategy in place that's actually really, really detailed, I think is a thing that that people miss. And it's not my favorite thing in the world to do because I have a creative brain. So it runs at 100 miles a minute and I'm full of new ideas all the time. But actually sticking with an idea and making sure that that idea is perfect, I think, is is something that we we need to get better at. Well, that's awesome advice. Thank you, Danielle. It's been great picking your brains about that top of funnel story ad. Listeners, remember to stay tuned right to the end so you don't miss out on Danielle's insider tips on storytelling even and my suggestions for more free resources to help you improve things even further in your business. Okay, Danielle, so far we've gone deep into your top of funnel story ad. Now you get to wow us with your insider knowledge about the whole of storytelling. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything to do with storytelling, which of course does include everything we've already been talking about. Danielle, are you ready? Yes. Okay, let's start with newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think I've already covered it in terms of getting stuck in and getting your hands dirty. If you don't have any marketing experience or you're a new graduate and you're looking for kind of that big break, there is absolutely nothing stopping you from taking a brand that you love and coming up with your own ideas and shooting some video content on your phone or coming up with campaign ideas and using them as a portfolio and improving getting better each time, working out what works, what doesn't, and kind of keeping those. I still have mine from when I started marketing kind of four or five years ago. They sit on a little folder on my computer and I go back and see how rubbish they were at the time, but I was really proud of them. (laughs) Yeah, just getting stuck in. No idea is too weird or wacky because sometimes those those are the ones that work the best. Like no one ever thought a drumming gorilla would sell chocolate, but we're here and it worked and people still talk about it. So just get stuck in, try and create something and ask for advice, ask for feedback and constantly just try and improve on what you're doing. I think can't overestimate how um, or underestimate how important that is. 
and talking about improving it, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So what's your favourite way to improve performance even further than what you were just telling us about? Again, testing, test, 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 test it. Just keep on keep on testing things. I think optimising, especially creatively, is quite difficult because so much of it's so like abstract. You don't always have the data to tweak. You don't always have budgets to tweak that are in your in your brain so in terms of like optimizing from a creative standpoint I think it's always going to go back to your audience and it could be getting feedback directly from your audience if you have a pool of loyal customers you know asking them about what they think of your brand or you know what they thought of certain ad campaigns and actually getting really honest feedback I think is a great starting point if you have that relationship with your customers which hopefully you do you can get some really valuable insights into whether or not they're enjoying the content that you're putting out I love that yeah if you're not sure put it in front of them before you do anything else with it it's like no-brainer territory they'll probably be brutally honest as well so you'll get some really good feedback rather than you know some slightly washed out feedback that you might get from your colleagues or your employees like a consumer will tell you what what they think which is always invaluable if someone listening wants to learn more is there one cheap or free resource you would recommend so i'm a big book reader so i have made sure that all of these books are available either on kindle or on amazon as much as i don't like plugging amazon for buying books so i would always recommend les and Burnett's the long and short of it that talks loads about brand building and the benefits of brand building if you're looking to flex creative muscles thinking fast and slow is a really good book and you can buy that for like six pound on amazon there's a book called creative confidence which is about unleashing creative potential in everyone so if you're interested in storytelling but you don't think you're particularly creative that's a really good read to show you kind of how you can tap into your creative side and then if you're after video viewing statistics if you're particularly interested in video viewing statistics thinkbox is a really great resource for all your video viewing needs they work in in collaboration with barb and also with some of the online video channels they'll give you loads of consumer and viewing data that's really good if you're looking at kind of trends in video consumption nice three great book recommendations and then Thinkbox, which i haven't heard of so i'm clearly about to get lost in that after this recording finishes uh, finally danielle crystal ball time what's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for i'm slightly biased but i do think this is that this is an actual thing i think we're moving away from the age of performance marketing in quotation marks it's becoming more and more difficult to be able to track what your consumers are doing because of privacy updates and you know cookies and all of that kind of thing so there's been such a focus on these bottom of funnel performance marketing everything's got to have a ROAS everything's got to have an ROI actually that's becoming more and more difficult to to optimize and to measure so I do think we're moving back into people using brand techniques brand marketing knowing that actually brand can be really powerful and is ultimately going to help you later down the line so I'm hoping that we move back into those because I I love brand ads I think it's the pinnacle of advertising but I do think we're heading in that direction because we don't really have much of a choice with the way that browsing and privacy is going I think we'll all have to adapt quite quickly I know that Chrome has already started to remove third-party cookies from from the browsers. So we're almost there in terms of everything being dark. 
Yeah, we are. We're getting there. And I totally agree with your take on that. I think we're heading what I keep calling back to basics or we've got to be better marketers again. The laziness has to go and we've actually got to think about the messages we're putting out there. Yeah, I call it the golden age, but um, I get some funny looks from <laughs> um, performance marketers when I start calling it that. But yeah, it's it, back to the good old days, I think, of really well thought out and creative campaigns rather than just loads of product carousels i'm really looking forward to seeing what brands come up with yeah i think as, as consumers and as lovers of marketing totally agree with you on that danielle we're very nearly at the end of the show so please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business so you can find me on linkedin it's pretty much the only place that I talk about marketing. If you're interested in my acting career, you can um, follow me on Instagram, but LinkedIn for marketing. So Danielle Jit, I am part of the team at Revenue Growth Agency. You can find our company on LinkedIn, or you can check us out at our website, which is revenuegrowthagency.co.uk. And we've got tons of free resources, free articles. We also have a podcast and a webinar and we've got loads of information on there if you're interested in luxury marketing or you're a brand that's interested in knowing how storytelling can can better fuel new customer acquisition. And for anyone who wants to know a bit more about what we've been talking, you're doing a a site kind of like an adjacent topic talk at this year's Brighton SEO, aren't you? So Yes. It's semi-adjacent. So yes, I will be speaking at Brighton SEO this year on the 25th of April at the paid search and social advertising show, which I'm very excited about. I'm talking about how you can use TV advertising strategies to better your paid social marketing. It's a tiny tangent off what we've been talking about today. I've got loads of examples of really effective TV ads. It's full of puns. I've bought a nice, like a funny t-shirt. So even if you just come for that and I'll be around for the whole weekend as well. So yeah, I'm open for for having chats and stuff with people who might be interested in um, talking about video. Very cool. Well, I wish you all the best for that. It's a brilliant event to be part of. So congrats on getting the booking. Thank you. I'm very intrigued to hear what the t-shirt says. Uh, Danielle, <laughs> thank you so much for being on the show. Really lovely catching up with you and um, sharing your expertise with the audience. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Brilliant to dive deeper into that top of funnel story piece. Primarily, you're going to be looking at doing video it's a hard one to go do this, this and this, and it's going to work for you because it's not a painting by number scenario. It's a case of, I, I mean, to be honest, I really love Danielle's suggestion of just going out there with the camera, creating some footage, finding a way to weave it into a video with words over the top, with some music in the background, testing it, and then getting into the minutia of what's working. What's the hook? What's working as a hook, the bit at the very beginning, what's working in the middle, do we change the wording? Do we change this? Do we change that? And playing around with it and optimizing it on a platform like Facebook where it's super easy to run those tests and then developing on from there. And as she said right at the beginning, the key is to know your audience, to know your business, to make those two meet up and then find a way to get that across to the customer in a way that tells your story, tells the story of how you're going to help them, but also makes it interesting and engaging so the right people stick around and watch it. Easy. There you go, guys. Easy. Please do get started and let us know how you get on. We'd love, love to know what you're doing with those. You can get the links to everything we discussed, the full transcript of the episode, important notes and more at keepoptimizing.com. 
or you can use our special director episode short link. Just put keepopt.com forward slash the number of this episode into the URL bar and you'll go straight to the correct page on the website. When you get to the website, you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things we share to help you improve your business. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, then go and check out episode 190, where Danielle's colleague Andy took us through the whole story in acquisition funnel strategy, because I think that will really help you build on what you've learned in this episode. We've also got a fair number of episodes, if you scroll back up the feed, about video and video production that I think you'll find interesting, if that's the bit that's got you stuck. And you can find all our storing episode, storytelling even episodes by scrolling up your feed or use the short link keepopt.com forward slash story. Please do tell your fellow marketers about the show because I want to help as many of you as possible to improve the performance of your e-commerce marketing. And as Danielle was saying in her crystal ball piece, this is the future. You've got to start getting your head around bringing story into your marketing and improving those messages and improving that connection. Have a great week, everybody. Make sure you listen to the next episode so I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.